How do we sound now? Fucking awesome. How about you, Maybell? I sound fucking awesome all the time. There we go. Yes. Sorry to take the time to do this, but I'm. No, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It is because this is getting, this is exciting. I keep getting bigger and bigger guests and I'm getting better and better. I'm going to say it. I'm getting better and better at this. (laughs) You're professional. You do. Yeah. I would want to be on my show if I was anybody. I would be like, dude, get me on your show. I'm because you're, yes, I keep getting bigger guests. (laughs) <laughs> you're a fool i might be saying this it, maybe it's a lie at some point but i keep saying this and and it's true because we keep getting bigger guests you're the my biggest guest on the show so far my the most famous the most star producing been in the most productions speaking don't roles <laughs> don't know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about I'm not talking about your former porn career, brother. We, we weren't going to no. talk about that. You said no. We'll just okay. edit that. Well, cut maybe, that bit. Maybell said no. I, I'm all for it. Oh, <laughs> you were you were going to delve into the 1970s? We'll skip it. We'll skip it. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about Maybell. Yeah, I mean, it does. It brings up a lot of questions because you are a sword swallower. I know. I know. <laughs> so your porn career. career <laughs> And you've been in more movies than I have. Yeah. How many have you been in, Kyle? Zero. Absolute zero. Nice. No, I was in Three Men and a Baby. Yeah. Were you the baby? No. Remember that kid that was on set that was hidden behind the curtain because he was, like, frozen? Like, I just wandered onto yeah. the set. I yeah, and behind the, the ghost kid. The ghost kid. I was the ghost kid. I'm the ghost kid. So. Yeah. Makes Makes a lot of this all make sense, don't it? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because of my close proximity to Steve Gutenberg, a lot of things make a lot of sense. Yeah, I could see that. (laughs) Now, one of the things that makes sense is that I would have sideshow act friends Mm -hmm. and, uh, and somehow cajole them in their stardom, in their rubbing elbows with the Hollywood elite. Don't say you don't. That I would cajole them into being on my show. Well, we're the lucky ones. Absolutely. I've been waiting. I've been waiting my whole uh, last six months or so for this, Kyle. That's why we had your agent cancel on you twice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You fuckers. You, I just don't bring that up, man. Well, that just proves how important you are. How busy. How busy you are. What are you? Can we talk about what you're working on now? We we can in no uncertain terms, but we can. We'll use code words. Code we can't words. name names. <laughs> um, I think we can name the name. I think, can we talk uh, about like the movie Godfather? Yes, yes. So we are working on um, a a production right now uh, with Francis Ford Coppola. Um, <gasps> super excited about it. We Francis have- Ford Coppola. Wait a fucking <laughs> second. I've heard that name before. Where do I know that? Well, he is the director of such amazing Oscar-winning movies such as... The greatest movie of all time, (laughs) The Outsiders. Oh, yes. Yes, the greatest movie of all time, The Outsiders. It is a good one. With young Matt Damon, I believe. Yes, very young. And Tom Cruise. (laughs) Matt Matt Dillon. And Matt Matt Dillon. Dillon. Not Matt Damon, Matt Dillon. Yes, good catch, Kyle. Yeah. 
I was trying to mess myself up. It was too, it was too relevant, but also of course the Godfather series. Yes. The Godfather for sure. And he worked as he did Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm -hmm. And he's Peggy Sue got married. Is that your favorite? That's Nicholas Cage, right? Yes. You know, that is his uh, nephew. Yeah. Oh yes. This is awesome. So is there a chance that you're going to meet Nicholas Cage? I hope not. I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of Nicholas Cage. No. What about? I'm just, I'm not a big fan of his. I don't know why. I'm raising Arizona. No, I will. I, I do stand corrected on that. That is a very <laughs> incredible movie. But and without him, it's not the same, is it? I, I don't know. I would love to see another person. <laughs> no, I, no, you're There's right. A, there's an interesting monster that he has become in Hollywood that is like he will be you, you don't know it's going to be the shittiest movie ever it's going to be overacted uh or yeah. it's going to be perfect because of his involvement you know right and right. didn't they right. just make a movie about him being an actor turned into an action star or something like that so I feel like there was, <clears throat> I don't have my phone with me, otherwise I would I would look it up right now. But it yeah, it's like it's it looks like some cheesy movie, but I was strangely drawn into the trailer. They were showing it um on the flights, the Southwest flights. And uh it looked pretty intriguing to me, but but Chris was not he did not take the hook. So he said no because it's already got yeah, it's already got this this guy. Yeah, no, there's a lot of his <laughs> movies I can't watch. Con Air, I'm not a fan. A lot of people not really? Nope. Yeah, not a nope. I didn't care how many push-ups he did on a plane. I've got too many friends that have been locked up. And you're like, okay. nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Everything there. Nope. <laughs> you're like, what world is this? You have to just be in a complete, you know, oblivious to I wish they said it was in Mars, you know? If they right. were like, these are all Martians, they just look like us. If they just mentioned Mars a couple of times, I could be like, okay, yeah, they haven't thought these things through before. You know, the uh, one of the the makeup women that was recently working with us last week when she worked on Con Air um, as a project in the past, and she was saying that uh-huh. it filmed in Arizona, I think she yes. said, in like 112 degree heat. And back then, 118 degrees. Yeah, yeah. Back then, but it's a dry heat. Oh, yeah. But, but, yeah, but 118 is 118. I don't care how dry it is. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, they were putting tattoos on the prisoners and they were 120 prisoners that they had to put these alcohol-based tattoos on for the movie. She said, so they were in this trailer with the AC turned up, you know, in it. So they wasn't Mm -hmm. so hot, but then it was all alcohol-based. So they were all high as a kite trying to put 120, but they didn't dare open the windows because it was so hot outside. Oh God. And then she said half of the, Half of the extras that they spent all this time on applying these fake tattoos to weren't, you know, used in the movie um, or sparingly. And it was one of those like, man, you put all this work into it and you, you don't know if it's going to make, you know, the the movie. Yeah, or... we might be talking about something that doesn't even completely matter. We might get a lost on the old cutting room floor. Hey, but we still got paid. That's right. Yes. Paychecks the same. <laughs> Has, has that <laughs> happened? Has uh, it happened to you guys? You end up on yet. the cutting room floor? Not yet. Because you're interesting. I've never met anybody as comfortable without shoes on as you, Chris. You know what? (laughs) 
I'm way I'm way behind. Oh my god, what the fuck? I'm I just came in bragging about how good the show's getting. I haven't even introduced you guys. Oh. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to Straight to the Point, completely off topic. Now, let's get back to the topic with my guests, Chris Steele, Captain, and Maybell, or Elaine, as as her friends know her. And and you guys are the duo, the sideshow performance. Is it sideshow? Yes. Yes. It's not freak show, right? No. We're not not doing the bearded lady anymore. Yeah, freaks are generally people that had... uh, human anomalies and things like that people that were born different and uh we are what is basically called a working act we have to teach ourselves a stunt or something to entertain the crowds so we leave that term to them Uh, we're not lucky enough to be called the freak show we we, uh so you're you have to do all kinds of crazy things really that's it. You have to keep me entertained somehow. I got to catch your show recently. It was fun. Finally. Finally. <laughs> Finally. I've heard it over the PA several times while tattooing. Never you know every word it. to it. Never see it. I do. It. I do. I'm always wondering. And then when you put it together like the puzzle now, it, it maybe it made it more enjoyable. I don't know. It was oh. fucked up. It was really cute. Uh, it was a very loose you know she's, uh, show, you, for sure. She's taking your money. You know she's taking your money, right? What money? Ah, oh, fuck, man. I don't want to screw up your gimmick, Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to think that he was in. I, I'm just going to shut up. You know what? Moving right along. Now, you also have been in all kinds of movies. That's why I say you're my most famous guests yet. Because mm-hmm. Captain and Maybell have been featured in movies. You've also been featured on um, Trading Spouses. Uh, no. Wife Swap. Wife Swap. Wife Swap. <laughs> Wife Swap. Is there a show called Trading Spouses? There was. There was. There was. Okay. It was the more Jerry Springer well, version. So with Wife Swap, you know, they, they paid us directly and, and we got the money in our pockets. But with Trading Spouses back in the day, the catch was you still got paid, but the other family got to decide how that money. How was you spent. spent it. Oh, yeah. No way, man. Wow. I don't anybody <laughs> telling me how to spend my money. How'd you guys spend your money? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got paid right before going into the pandemic. So we basically bought food and helped helped, uh, our family survive when uh, the world was shutting down. Yeah. So it was actually kind of nice to get. By food, you mean cold rolled 1018 steel swords for everybody to swallow. Yeah, we party. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we went out somehow, Chris. You're an amazing person. Some we went you're out partying in Flint. Wow. I just want to start. I'm this. a weird judge. You were carrying a sword around downtown Flint all night. Uh-huh. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, of course I remember it. <laughs> you would pull it out, and the bartender was like, "Oh wow, you know that's cool." It's never when you think about the purpose of that actual thing, except that you must tell them that you're a sword swallower and you want to entertain his bar for a second. Then, I mean, a police officer. That's all I'm thinking. The whole time I'm, I'm like, there's no way I could walk around with that. And that's my hometown. Yeah. Well, I mean, they know you. <laughs> You're working yeah, on, it on, you know, on their it ignorance fun. of you. I know well, you. We were, we were I was rolling worried. like 20 feet. So that helps as well, I think. Right. Right. You know? Man, it was a blast. And, and it was all close distance. But we we've done it. You you love you love the attention. 
Yeah, well, I just love entertaining people. You know, that that's a huge part of it. I enjoy what I do. You know, it's fun to make a living off of traveling. You know that as well. And, you know, going to new places and um, stuff. But honestly, it really comes down to seeing the look on people's faces when you're entertaining. Um, I believe a lot of times people... When you uh, are performing circus, they feel like, you know, they kind of run away with the circus with you for a moment. You know, they just forget everything in life and they just uh, take a moment and have fun and, you know, can't wrap their mind around things they're actually seeing. And that's, you know, it's it's a, a lot of fun. And, of course, I get to do it with my best friend in the world. Oh, you're my oh. best friend. You're my best friend. <laughs> and the and needed part, uh, because, honestly, I mean, you're an entertaining guy for sure. But watching somebody swallow a sword is watching somebody swallow a sword. It right. needs to be reinvented a few times through to, to be Absolutely. interesting. And certainly, I guess, there's other silly things you're doing. Uh, poking your eyeballs and lifting weights with them. That's right. Yeah, insane. but, um, you know, honestly, I think what makes us different is with Elena, she actually, you know, you see our chemistry on stage. You see us, we've been, you know, we've been together 25 years. We've been uh, married, what's coming up on 19 years. So, you know, we, we already have this natural chemistry. You know how it is when we're cutting up and having fun. You've hung out with us many, many times. And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, once we get on stage, man, we're just, uh, and it's that version of us amplified. And so Elena does really good at, uh, number one, keeping me on a track of what I'm supposed to be saying and doing. Because you will often go off script. I know. That's why we need Kyle just to yell from his boots since he knows every word and go, hey, asshole. I always um, figure it's just a nuance that you guys are using to keep it fresh. It's yeah, really no, just I your lack of, of ability to train your thoughts. Yeah, I can't yeah. memorize anything. He has no, he has very little short-term memory. And so he, we, we always know what stunt we're doing or what we always know how we're going to start the show, how we're going to finish the show. It's just a mystery. Even to us sometimes what path we're going to take to get from start. We're like a finish. drunk leaving the bar, Kyle. Are you, you know, Elaine, like, Kyle, when, you're the, the, when you're staggering home hmm. and you're leaving the bar, you may go by Frank's house. You may swing by the tattoo shop. You may cut through the graveyard. Sometimes you go by Frank's and cut through the graveyard. Sometimes you, uh, you know, just go over to the convenience store, things like that. So we have a path and we have certain things that we do to get from point A to point B. There's stops along the ways. Two words into uh, what I'm saying, because we've done it enough. Mabel knows exactly the direction I'm going and she just jumps on board. So, yeah. Yeah. Is, is that... Is he directing it or are you directing it? Um, I mean, I don't, who's I don't steering this thing? Well, <laughs> well, I drive until we hit the ditch and That's, then she grabs the wheel. Yeah, I'll walk over with that. Over that. I think, um, yeah, he, we, we always know what we're going to do. It's just a matter of, and it's also like the energy of the crowd too. How do we feel? How do we want to present this today? Do we want to go this way? Do we want to go that way? And, and sometimes it's a lot more shocking or short and aggressive to the point, like in your face. And sometimes it's, all right, let's have some fun and throw out a lot of funny um, clips or funny bits, or let's pause here for the crowd's reaction. So really and truly the crowd's energy is kind of, what helps us steer that ship exactly um like wwe wrestlers yeah i mean i but sexier <laughs> well what about the show that i caught unfortunately uh you had the the whole of 
the audience there or of, of the available people. All the, everybody that wasn't a tattoo artist was watching. Um, yeah, but there was only like 25 people in the, in the whole tattoo convention. Yeah, but then we had you guys, you know, we had Carl. And no, we had I got to figure sometimes, though, it's hard to get if what what when there's the energy isn't there. What do you do yeah, when the crowd isn't there? That's a good question. Um, I know you're still getting paid. I know you. Ago, um, what bothers me more than anything is someone going on stage and having an attitude um, because there's not people in the crowd. And so they give up a half ass show. They really don't care. But you know what? You're punishing the people who did show up. And so, right. you know, they're the ones who did show up. They're the ones who are there to support you. And so, you know, we we have high energy and we try to we actually make jokes about it. You know, we thank the invisible man and all of his friends for coming here today. <laughs> you know, well, invisible man. Thank you guys for standing ovation, you know. But uh yeah, we do that. Uh, but honestly, you know, it's uh it's we're doing it for us. We're up there having fun regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just putting on a show. It's not like you're, you know, time to make the donuts. You know, it's not like you're going to do work. We actually very much enjoy it. And we're cutting up and having fun with our best friend. And uh, sometimes we're acting like fools. You know, the smaller shows, you notice we're cutting up and talking back and forth with the crowd a lot more as well. We pull them in and yeah. make them a show. Mm-hmm. Where does this start? When do you guys... Be decide to have an act. When did you meet? I guess we should start. Where where is that? Where do you meet? Where do we where do we meet at? Or where, where yeah. when did we meet? When did you meet? When did where did you meet? Explain. Uh so I I we met the day after my 19th birthday. Um and a mutual friend had introduced us. And we just kind of had a friendship, I guess, you know, leading up to it. Um we were both in different relationships um that were not great for either one of us and so throughout the next year or two um we kind of were just supportive to each other as friends and and i mean he was kind of mean to me a little bit kind of picked on me a she was bit. cute that's what you do is it, <laughs> is it? Um, she made you nervous being that cute Mm-hmm. <laughs> Palms are sweaty and everything. You're sweaty right now. Uh, oh, nervous. So then you, know? you were taking the break them down approach. Is yeah, that it? I think, yeah, he was. You know that you say that. Yeah, I think he was. Um, so I kind of, I just kind of helped him. You know, like held him at, at arm's length, and I definitely he made, he made me laugh a lot, and and we had things in common, and one of those things in common um, was actually like we would go to like circuses. Um, when Ringling Brothers would come through, you know, it came through the Omni here in Atlanta. And so he would come down and, and we would go together. Or if the North Georgia State Fair came, you know, which is like the outdoor carnival, um, we would go. And it was just always a fun thing that we connected with. And um, fast forward a couple years and Chris, um, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, before he moved down here to Atlanta, he lived in South Carolina. And Back in that day, which I guess is like 97, 98, um, tattooing uh, and piercing were illegal in South Carolina. And Chris had moved here from Oregon back in 97. As a piercer? Um, As a piercer, yeah. And Where it's illegal? uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. What's that, in Oregon? No, from Oregon to South Carolina. South Carolina, Carolina. yes, it was. uh, When I went... (laughs) 
uh, tattooing was illegal, but piercing was not illegal. Okay. I said it was not uh, it was not illegal, but it was not illegal. So right, you know, right. I guess it. Um, I started opening up shops. Um, I got heavily targeted. I was one of the very yeah. first body piercers around. I got heavily targeted from everything from the local churches to the uh, local politicians, and everybody was attacking me. And I was young. Um, I, you know, I was very nervous. I well, set up didn't they set up some kind of a um, city? township meeting or something on you well i mean they, that, uh, that would be their recourse usually they started they, uh the, getting everybody in town to come together and start protesting at my shop mm -hmm. trying to shut me down i was you know i was young i just built the shop out i was so excited and i spent every dollar i had building it out and why south carolina then um i had family there mm -hmm. that i moved and so <laughs> okay I moved in. but you knew the law um i knew there was no law so oh, okay it, yeah. So you, uh, you yeah, really so they, didn't imagine so many problems were going to stem you, out of this. No, I didn't. Um, but uh, it was definitely a battle. I was, you know, OK with fighting, I guess. And so I ended up coming to work and I would have 100 protesters outside of my shop and wasn't uh, letting me anybody get into my parking lot or anything. We uh, woke up the uh, you know, I just happened a couple days in a row. I got up one morning uh, that well, the news media was there. And uh, next thing you know, they. Uh, I'm on the six o'clock news and I'm like, mm -hmm. man, the end of me, they're about to destroy me. I'm coming into work depressed the next day, you know, about yeah. starting to pack things up. And when I show up, I have over a hundred people standing in line who had made it through the protesters that were standing in line waiting for me to unlock it. They were so tired of, I guess, the local politics and people telling them what to do with their lives and what to do with their body. I turned it off. I don't know why the hell it's beeping. Mm -hmm. So, uh, <laughs> But that was like their protest just showing up. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, when they uh, showed Bring up. Bring a tear to your I eye. Busier than I'd ever been in my life. And everybody got pierced and everybody spent money and bought a T-shirt. And uh, man, I made the most money ever. And it didn't stop from that day on. It was just like I was, awesome. you know, people, I guess people were just the best, worst thing that they could have done was called the news out there to put do a negative story on me. And it blew up. And, and I Did the news successful. attempt to keep it negative on you or was it just in the oh, yeah. light of these people protesting? Yeah, no, no. I would, anytime that we'd have any kind of event or anything, um, there was a local uh, Baptist college there called Bob Jones university. And they really loved to target me. BJU. And uh, BJU. <laughs> Isn't that, that funny? Yeah. And uh, it, so they would, uh, every time that I would have any kind of event or, uh, you know, anniversary it. party or anything, I would just send them free tickets to it just to get them all pissed off all over again. Because so. <laughs> it helped yeah. you. That, mm -hmm. No, go ahead. Go ahead. That, that, that was your whole pro. Like, this is my advertisement dollars here. Well Absolutely. spent. 39 cents on a stamp. Absolutely. Drop them a little call. Hey, did you know that they're doing that piercing thing again? You'll want to get out and protest. Was it? I ended up seeing The Last Temptations of Christ by Martin Scorsese mm -hmm. almost only. I mean, I probably would have never made my radar at the age that I was. I didn't give a fuck about this, this kind of stuff. But I seen it because Catholics protested in such large extent that it made the news. Right. And that raised. Yeah. Yeah. I get that for sure. That's it reminds me of some ICP lyrics. As terrible as that is, religious, you made them rich. Instead of helping those poor people eating all them garbage cans, when I come to town, you better protest me because, motherfucker, I could use the money. 
do it, Kyle. There's skill there. I didn't know you had. I was just oh. reciting some some down poets from the insane clown posse. Just some great poetic geniuses that don't <laughs> understand how magnets work. <laughs> we'll Moving on. See so now that now you kind of know how this up and comer was in South Carolina and, and making his way in the business. Um and rough then, start. Yeah. Was it he sounds very attractive, no? Yeah, I like know. Like so this? I'm, I'm sitting there and at that point, I uh, I had I've been working in retail for a while, and um, in my retail career, I would train uh, newly hired store managers, and I would travel throughout the southeast and go and open up new stores, and and I really loved that aspect of my career. And um, I fell in love with this little girl, and I decided that I wanted to move to Atlanta, and I give my shop away to one of my employees um, with almost everything that was in it, and oh my God. I. And started to work for Dino Cook. Um, Big name. And uh, then the time, uh, it was Psycho Tattoo then, now Sink or mm -hmm. Swim Studio. And I have been piercing at his studio and managing there for 21 years now. Where does, you're a piercer, you didn't come to South Carolina to swallow swords. Um, no, I, uh, first got into, uh, I did body suspension and you're very familiar with, I did body suspension mm -hmm. for quite some time. And then I went from body suspension. Um, but I would always tie in doing human blockhead or doing other types of, uh, stunts that we do on stage. And then over time I migrated away from it completely. And once I human blockhead, where you put a six inch steel rod yeah. through the middle of your, your head. Yep, or run power okay. drills and all kinds of fun stuff. So, um, one summer, I guess it was the summertime. Uh, it was right actually after he had moved here um, to Atlanta. We went to the Renaissance Festival, and there was a guy there making swords. And Chris stopped in and asked this guy, uh, "What do you make? Starfire swords?" Yeah. And Chris asked him, "Hey, have you ever made a sword for someone to swallow?" And the guy said, "I don't care what you do with it. Once you get it, I don't want to know." <laughs> Well, measurements buddy and he made this sword for chris mm -hmm. you took and measurements of your the... internal body somehow no um well i i knew uh a basic on what size actually um the size is an average size of one of the productions that he does and uh yeah we just kind of figured it out from there uh the sword that i actually used that you saw the very first sword i swallowed the larger one that's the one i actually learned on so that one, that one has been uh, used in every single show I have used ever since then. Yep. So that that kind of start once he got that sword. Um, about three months later, he taught himself how how to do it, mm -hmm. and then it was once he and anybody could do it. Everybody has the same. It's there's no magic. You don't have the sword doesn't recoil. It doesn't spin. No, it doesn't hold up or. Uh go into the handle or anything like that. It is 100% real. Um, can anybody do it? With lots and lots of training, anybody can do it. Anybody could also lift a thousand pounds. With a right, right. We should we should probably insert disclaimer here, right? Don't try this at home or whatever. Yeah, Trained professionals. <laughs> <laughs> but you did. You trained yourself at home. You just what? Yeah. There was no YouTube, right? No, you no, no. Read a book? Very just figured this works? Yeah, maybe I would be, um, she would be, 
you know, eating dinner on the couch and I'm watching TV and um, I'm sitting there in the living room trying, making gagging, throwing up noises while trying to get a sword to go down my throat. Definitely. <laughs> anyway, back to the bar. <laughs> you would also be really good at uh, eating competitions then, wouldn't you? So hot dog competitions. I think so. I think I could do oh. all that. That's interesting. I do have a bitch stomach, though. My, oh my. Yeah, you yeah. oh. Oh, such a bitch stomach. We could you keep it down for for the duration of the? Uh, you know, you would have to train your stomach, but you can you can purge all that later. So, you yeah, swallow I like them whole. hot dogs. The problem is, is they just do soggy plain hot dogs. I like a good chili dog and stuff. But you could do pies. <laughs> yeah, pie yeah, eating. Like Those guys were sucking wings. them down. They train their sphincter muscles, though. I know it. So that's part. Yeah, that's that's part of sword swallowing. Sword swallowing. Yeah. Got to relax. There's another career out there for you. If you ever, if this one, you know, you got your fallback. That's what I'm saying. When I get this one accomplished, then I'll uh, I'll start working on something else, maybe. Probably get a trophy too. Trophy trophies are cool. Yeah, or wrestling belts. Uh, Wrestling belts are far too much, to be honest. No, too much. (laughs) Oh no, she said too much. Oh, there's there's a secret. You'll see why later. You'll see why later. You'll see why later. Why I said wrestling belt. We'll oh God! Off we'll tell you off. I'm, I'm excited, but like we don't, you know, we don't get to share that with the audience. Huh? That's nah, nah, nah. tune in later, guys. Yes, part yes, two. Because um, we're filming right now. You just you met Francis freaking Ford fucking Coppola. Yeah. Right. You know, you met maybe more importantly, you met Nick Cage's uncle. That's yeah. it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we uh, we spent. Uh, when we initially auditioned uh, back in in early November for this, it, it was a cool process. Um, we had seen the the casting call go out, um, but we were very 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 busy um, and working and touring with Villain Arts, and and I didn't, I failed, Kyle. I did not make the cutoff time in order to submit our material for this for this possible production. And so, you know, I kind of felt a little, a little not just a possible it, but... production, but the very last movie he plans on making ever. Right. Well, at the time I didn't. So when you get casting calls and stuff like that kind of emailed, which we do being here in Atlanta a lot, um, they don't really tell you what it's for. They're just like, oh, it's for this this scene. And we think you, you know, would fit this kind of this this mold. And and I didn't submit. And um, uh, I just I thought I missed the ball. And then fast forward a couple weeks. And we were getting ready to go to Milwaukee and I got um, a text message from uh, the casting agent that actually had cast uh, Chris as the fire breather in the movie Catching Fire. And okay. she said, hey, uh, we've got this uh, production going on. I want to know if you guys can audition Thursday and Friday for Francis Ford Coppola. Huge name. And, first. and I think she said, audition, yeah. yeah, she said, she said who it was in. And I was like, man, I don't know. I would have to miss a day, you know, of work in Milwaukee. And so I reached out to our good friend, Carl, Dr. Blasphemy, and, you know, kind of explained what was going on. And he didn't even hesitate. It wasn't two minutes later. He texted back and he said, honey, go for it. You know, we'll see you when you get there. Just try and get there, you know, Friday night. But good luck. You know, all the all the best. That's awesome. Really, really, really. Because yeah. all our boats are kind of tied together at that point, really. Yeah. We get, you know, we get this huge benefit from being able to, I say we, uh, but but they get yeah. a huge benefit from saying that they, that of your higher status, 
yeah. in echelons that you achieve in, in the movies, you know, when they get to yeah, say white yeah, swap. Yeah, it's it's definitely like it, once we got that blessing and that little bit of stress, you know, was lifted from us um, and that, that worry about, oh, no, we're going to have to miss a day of work. Um, we went into it just like gangbusters. And so we spent um, one day we went to a studio and did an audition um, for, for part of it. It was it was supposed to be for fire. Um, however, it was right before Hurricane Ian was coming through. And so it was super windy and it just was not the best environment to, to do anything with flames. So um, we, I think Chris did not end up doing fire. He had to pantomime or mime uh, fire breathing. So he's like, here is a torch, poof. And, and use your imagination. Um, and Francis Ford Coppola, he, he leans over at the table and this was kind of like our, our first, you know, speaking with him and we're very intimidated. Mm. And he says, so what what other tricks and uh and whatever what is what do you say? What other tricks can you do? And mm-hmm. I said, tricks are for magicians and hookers. And he laughed and then uh he says, Do you know where the term hookers came from? And of course we're intrigued. And he says, So back uh what was it in Civil War, he said there was a general hooker. And so for his men, he would hire ladies of the night to come and entertain his men to keep them happy and within, you know, fighting form. And mm-hmm. so now you know that's where the term hookers yeah, came it was from. called hookers. They became hookers. It was originally hookers girls. And then Scott started calling them hookers. So I'm like, okay, well, we walked away from it and and you know, we'll see you guys tomorrow. The next day we did uh we had to go to a yoga studio in Atlanta to do basically our entire show, um, all the other stunts that we could do, you know, but condensed as much as we could. And so we're feeling good. You know, we're on our way to the next audition. Like, man, we just talked about hookers with Francis Ford Coppola. This is pretty great. Yeah. And what's today going to bring? And the next day the auditions were incredible and we were a lot more comfortable. And, you know, then we saw a lot of other variety acts there. Nobody that do that does what we do. There were a lot of contortionists and aerialists and, you know, a lot of other circus acts there. And it was a great, uh, a great audition. And we hopped on a plane as soon as we were done and we're in Milwaukee that night. And uh, we had a, a great feeling about the whole thing. And the next week um, we got that text of, hey, you guys are in, you know, we'll be in touch with you as far as filming. And so that's kind of where it's happened. So last week uh, we did two days of filming um on set and lots of hair <clears throat> lots of hair lots of makeup happening there guys lots of fun <laughs> stuff uh i think yeah there's, there's a whole were you wearing anybody name anybody's name um i was not wearing anybody's oh anybody's name per se i'm actually wearing um chris has a whole costume that's that's designed just for him um i went and and after many dress changes and whatnot, I end up wearing an, an, a dress that I have worn. That's my personal dress. Um, mm-hmm. And they used it and embellished it and did some other stuff to it um, by an incredibly well-known um, costume designer. I can't say her name yet, but... Um, but she works for Lady Gaga. Let's just be... <laughs> <laughs> she is Oscar-winning uh, designer as well. Um, actually, I, you could probably look her up, but she's won uh, Oscars for Chariots of Fire um she was nominated for dick tracy lots of cool movies you get to keep these cool articles of clothing that are made just for you so why would anybody else want it (laughs) 
So mm. I I will be able to keep mine, but Chris will not be able to keep his. Uh, the only reason I'll be able to keep mine is because it was mine before we uh we went into embellished it. Yeah. So so that was fun, but um we you know we did have a huge accomplishment also over the filming period. We qualified for SAG, which is um a cool thing. Um, we do have speaking roles. So we do have speaking roles in this, and and so everything that. We thought we were doing, we were excited about, but then it just leveled up while we were actually doing the filming process last week. So we ended up with- And now own- for future bookings, you also have his name attached, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was something we were really excited about in in continuing to book for 2023 and 2024 even is um, when production wraps on it and it finally is released to the public, we'll be able to- you know, add that as the next thing that keeps us relevant. So over the mm. years, it's been, you know, America's Got Talent. And then a couple years later was Catching Fire. A couple years later was Jumanji. A couple years later was Wife Swap. And then, so this is kind of like that next thing that will keep you relevant to like the mainstream audience, you know, who doesn't really know necessarily what the sideshow is, but, oh, they know that movie. Oh, and so you're in that movie. And so it kind of connects everything for, for the average, you know, person that doesn't know what we do. Yes, I, I'm. Yeah. I'm so stoked about it, really, because I also I don't know. I love. Um, I'm a name dropper. Damn, yeah. I'm a terrible, terrible offending name dropper. But wait I can't wait can, to drop until we tell uh, everybody we're on this podcast. You're gonna hear us name dropping. Yeah, <laughs> I think it should work like that. That's what social media almost is. Am I wrong? I mean, who like yeah. it? It's just like like me because I got people that like me. Well, but that only works if you also like people. That is a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. Well, and you know, just like the villain arts thing, when we were talking about how much they supported us, and you know, they're going to get a boost from it. You know, we all are. We're like a giant family, and each other's success all makes us all bigger and better. You know, it's it's a big machine mm-hmm. that kind of works together, and you know, once you get you know, hanging out and having some of those late night drinks and, you know, uh, attempting to save children who are in locked cars with a sweat <laughs> and stuff, you know, the super, well, well with our sheet. We did our best dress. superhero that night. Yeah, we did, you know, but, uh, you know, when you're doing that, you get to be close and you know what, you, you're proud of your friends when they have accomplishments or, you know, like yeah. your podcast that's been crushing it and you've been doing well, you know, we've been so proud and, you know, proud proud of you and uh proud of both of you actually and uh because i know the behind the scenes as well um but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. are you saying that you know my wife very well yeah you're saying that you know the best part of me candy yeah. is i was reluctant to get on the microphone on these things for some um be, because people she wants this it's like uh and maybe she doesn't realize this it's like silent bob though you know when yeah. he speaks it's like you get to, oh yeah yeah. And people love her last word on on my crazy, you know, when she'll cut me off or whatever. Yep. <laughs> she, she yeah. has the judge of your face that even I I have a judgy face. It's usually Kyle time to go to the room. You're drunk. <laughs> Did you use your judgy face during I, I remember a story I thought about when you were talking with uh Francis Ford Coppola that you were trying to be reserved and not say anything, and you were telling Chris, you know keep it down let's just do this <laughs> professional professional they to, yeah they asked us to go in and do this but they said you know basically don't talk to him he'll talk to you you know how they all uh-huh. do 
which I guess people could get a little annoying and drag things out. And then the other thing was, uh, you know, go in and do your stunts and do what you're supposed to. And I was like, he don't know how much he needs us to talk in his movie. I'm like, I'm right. going, in. I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm going to say what I want. She's no, 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 no. You told her that I, you guys had this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so then we went in and I did it. And uh, that's did that make it up. better? You're back there because your part is to play that person. Like you just yeah. turned into the into the 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 good cop. Right. When, when Chris turns to bad cop or whatever, you you had to play the part now, too. Right, Mabel? Yeah, I did. And I, I didn't want to, Kyle. But <laughs> then I was like, well, he's steering this ship. So here we go. But it was after I got done, like pinching his love handle as hard as I could. Like, thanks, fucker. Now this uh -huh. is what you're doing. Well, do not too. But then it was so organic and natural that as soon as I heard, you know, his his line and then I shot it back. What's crazy is I, I, he was right. I don't want to say that's right. crazy. He's, he's right. <laughs> most of the time. OK, that's right. I, I'll say it. He's right. Most of the time. Um, but it was very natural and organic. And as soon as because stifling us and not talking would have mm -hmm. felt unnatural and not right. not the way that we that we do it. And so he just shot off and it happened. And then the next thing I know, like Francis Ford Coppola has a cell phone out and he's recording us. And and then I was like, oh, shit, here we go. And then I just turned up the hammo meter and got stupid mm -hmm. and stupid silly. <laughs> and but that, that, I think that's what sold it, too, because as we got into the, the filming of it, they added, you know, certain things that we were doing there at the audition that they didn't initially ask us for. So whether I said not lengthening your role more even. Yeah, that's exactly it. And so those times, I think sometimes when he when he goes cattywampus or or however just off script. Off script. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's a southernism. I'm sure you've heard that word before. Southern tech talk. Um, Southern tech talk. Okay. But yeah. It it's the technicians of, of the South designed that word. <laughs> yeah, yeah like it, it. it worked. And it, it brought us, you know, even more um, interaction than I thought it would. So you were right, honey. I was wrong. I know. I'm not going to write it down, <laughs> but now it's on a podcast. So it. it'll be forever. I can just pull this clip. <laughs> you know, yeah. Boy, that's beautiful. I mean, sometimes you just got to go for it, I guess, huh? Yeah. That's it. Of course. Well, then you know what? Um, Sometimes I feel that we know better. Um, a lot of times we'll find this when we're doing, you know, shows or uh, something. They'll say, well, can you do it this way? Can you do it this way? And, you know, we spent 20 years make, doing this. We know which way is going to usually be the most successful um, for your event or for your whatever. So, you know, give us a little bit of freedom. We know how to we know what uh, a crowd or an audience is hungry for or what they're going to enjoy seeing more. Sometimes if mm -hmm. you try to tell us what to do then you know why aren't you just doing it yourself then you know <laughs> right uh, right it'd yeah. be great if you envisioned if if you realized my my vision of you Absolutely. well <laughs> exactly yeah. come, come on you're so lucky to have us come on <laughs> it sounds a lot like the problems we get as tattoo artists oftentimes when when they're like i love your and let me just tell you there's all these rules though and then the things that you love and you put in, I'm going to change. Yeah, I want you to do. I want you to do what you want to do. I just need you to get my six kids' names in it, and if you could have it wrap around here and make sure that the eyes are red and tearing out of the skin too. Well, you've been in the tattoo industry for twenty eight years. 
so you've you and you still see it then you're you're at a very high-end shop dean dino yeah. cook is the highest echelon of tattooing that can be i i feel you know i remember Absolutely. when he first started doing color portraits and was making them like lifelike and and he was the guy started that Absolutely, and, uh, he was uh groundbreaking he was one of the originators of color realism and so you know his the, breakout a lot of it was pinup girls and stuff back then mm -hmm. And uh, please tell me he still has those people trying to put confines on him or uh, tell me how he, he navigates it. He pretty much will not take. He is so sought after now that he only takes projects he wants to do. Right. Very rare will he do a project that will not be a full panel portfolio piece. Um, every uh, every tattoo that he does, he looks at it as, you know, the final project and what he's able to put on his website or in his portfolio to sell himself uh, cover ups. He's not just going to do a big, you know, uh, very heavy, dark cover up area because of the, uh, you know, it it's obvious in the final product either they mm -hmm. go through the lasering and stuff like that to get it to where he can make it look the way he wants it to but you know it's nice that he can be that way uh, and he loves doing what he does and he's so good at it you know and people come from all over the world it's amazing how many times that somebody's in the shop and we have to have an you know using a cell phone for interpreting uh because they barely even speak english um oh wow you know, he gets a lot of marine biologists and people who obviously most of his work is color realism underwater uh color mm -hmm. realism. But he does do some portrait work and stuff uh but uh really that's you know his passion he has his home in florida and he goes to florida and he dives and uh you know does his underwater photography and then he takes that subject matter and he tattoos he calls it uh, from sea to skin and then he takes that and uses it for the his own reference he rarely pulls anything off of the internet anymore um and then he will uh you know while he's tattooing them he's got a story to tell them about when he was in the ocean and where he was and how he got the shot and things like that and people love that part of it but right. he is an extreme ocd person which you notice that that goes along with the color realism community period is you know the reason that they can do that incredible detail and do those things is because they are perfectionists they look at every extreme detail and break right. it down and that's mm -hmm. the way he is. I used to love to mess with him when we, uh, well, I still love, I don't know what I said used to. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'd go into his room and I'd go in his room and turn it, take his pencil on his table and I'd turn it a little crooked and I'd open a drawer and I'd open a cabinet a little bit and move a piece of paper over. And man, he was like a robot. He'd come in and just scan the room like a robot and he'd fix the pencil and the paper and close the cabinets and the drawers and everything and then just sit down and continue. Wouldn't even pay right. attention somebody did something to him it was just like it's just the way his brain works it's just, you know that crooked pencil if he if he walked out of the room at night and that pencil was crooked he would lay in uh -huh. bed and sleep over it that night <laughs> you think he still does what if somebody's turning it right now oh, while i'm sleeping somebody's moving my pencil i don't know he he definitely loses sleep over silly little things well i should we, we are talking about you though I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry to get off on, on like that was my sorry to get off you know, on another my, person who's so lucky. Uh, <laughs> well, my my upbringing it was a huge part of uh you know you remember then you were watching tattoos yourselves and you ended up being at his shop and there was a time I mean when we didn't have social media 
But Dino Cook was still in every shop across America. His pictures would be taped up. Some people would put them up as though they were almost their own things because they wanted to try and do it. People would represent. Yeah, like, yeah, that's mine. I did that. Let's do another one. Liar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But Jumanji, I... What... And I'm going to say Betty's wedding, but it wasn't the long list of movies you've been in. What proximities have you been in with the celebrities that we see on our tabloids? And what have you learned or gleamed of the industry from all the cogs from the behind the scenes that we maybe don't know about? That's a good question. Um, I think in, in filming, um, movies and tv and like america's got talent and the competition behind it i would say celebrity wise it's interesting because they try and keep you as far away from them as possible um but what we Mm -hmm. do because we're not considered i guess you know like regular extras or whatnot um so we kind of or chris will tell you because this is actually the first film that we've worked with together like worked on together so he's done movies himself and had to be you know, alone on set and stuff. And I've done them myself and this is the first one together, but we kind of always like kind of go our own way almost like we're loners, you know, I'm a rebel daddy. That's right. 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 I'm just, <laughs> I'm doing my own thing. He's doing his own thing. But we noticed when we came together is um, people just kind of leave us alone and let us wander around. And so I would kind of see things I, you know, I remember when, well, I was his safety when he was filming Jumanji and, you know, the scene he's in with it has the rock and Jack Black and, and the and Kevin Hart and the other one and and so I remember seeing like Rock White and the other one, the Rock's wife had just had the ba- her baby and so you know we're walking around and and she's got this newborn baby and and Jack Black's on the cell phone and you know I remember to me you know I mean I mean I'm I'm impressed and. I'm like Chris, there he is. Like he's on a cell phone right now. And Chris is like, yeah, but he's just like me and you. you yeah, know, but he, cell phone. you know, he was so kind. Uh, especially Jack Black was amazing. He was just going around and hanging out with everybody and doing tenacious D stuff and singing with people and just just being, you know, just so down to earth. It made me. Actually, oh, it feels so good to hear, doesn't it? Oh my gosh, you know, great to be around so too. Huh? There are people that we have met over time who are not that way, but that, uh, you know. Um, <laughs> just it's real relieving when you see that and when you see like a genuine sincerity behind them and they're not Mm -hmm. putting on airs all the time and you realize that he it's an it's inspiring because here's jack black he obviously loves his job and that's who we are we love our job and so to see him have that spirit and that aura about him was really um it was really cool for us for the entire day and then doing the scene like with him you know, in multiple takes and even how he would do it. I'm sure they were scripted, but did you notice that babe? Like mm-hmm. in that, in that, that scene that we're in, they all said kind of different things during those different takes okay. and stuff. And then how he would approach Chris, like he came up to Chris afterwards and tapped you on the shoulder. And what do you say? In my best Jack Black movie. Yeah. You are the fire man. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, and it's cool. And you're like, Oh my God, Jack Black, just you know, and, and it's those moments where, and I'm happy we can share them with you, Kyle, because we have these moments, I don't want to say a lot or, or sound big headed, but we have these moments that happen a lot like consistently and we can right. high five each other and share them with each other and celebrate with each other. But we're so proud of 
of these accomplishments and those moments too that right. are exciting and they are fun and we've worked really hard to to get to that level and so you know to, to be there and see them I'm I'm very blessed and very fortunate to have a, a partner like Chris that has made things like this happen and come together and and like you said there are some people that you know that haven't been as kind but Nicholas Cage uh no Nick Cannon actually <laughs> Cannon is a douchebag oh yeah. really Oh, yeah. He's just how he talks to other people on set and how disrespectful he is to cameramen and stuff like that. It, it just infuriated me. I couldn't even I was uh, we were doing a um, a camera blocking thing before we did the live show. And it was like, OK, at this moment, if you are here, this is what you have to do, you know. Um, and so we'd all get there and Nick Kenneth stand up front. No, coming up next, blah, blah, blah. You know, the live thing, on, you know, um, and uh, that's the, something was wrong with the camera or something they were doing uh, wasn't working right. And he was so mad that he had to wait. And he's standing there surrounded by all of us. And he goes, mm-hmm. man, come on, man. You know, and he's just getting super pissed off that he's having to hang out with these normals, you know. And I was standing behind him. I was like, don't worry about it, Nick Cannon. We won't cramp your style too bad. You'll be all right, buddy. And he mm-hmm. turned around. you know furious and of course we're on like were you what what was your tone how are you being you you were being i'm six foot five and i'm on a six inch step behind him so i look over you know he turns around just like who the fuck is this you know kind of turned around looked at me i'm towering Uh over him i was like it'll be cool and he goes you guys just call me when you get your crap together and he just walks off stormed off and uh, everybody just starts laughing at him as he's leaving oh yeah, now yeah. you hurt you hurt his feelings. That's yeah. it. Well, he needed him. <laughs> he needed him, but That's it's rare. We don't see a lot of that, but uh, you know, know, you do get them. You do get them mm-hmm. every now and then. Yeah, but then nothing to dwell on. Mm-hmm. That guy, Kyle Dunbar guy. Have you met him? Man, he does not. That guy. That. He does not <laughs> act that way. It's very inviting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the worst. I don't know. Um, people get that about me, I guess that they, they, uh, they, they're sometimes surprised or they expect me to be one way. I had a, a bodybuilder recently tell me to calm down, just walking into the bathroom. This, this guy's like yoked up. Like, were you putting your flyers on the floor? <laughs> I have started doing that. Have you? <laughs> they're, they're perfect for bathrooms. I've been writing on them. Hey, what you working with? Just, Hey, um, and and uh, I, I see you there, and and then I'm Man, putting them so up right funny. up on the urinals. This <laughs> is so funny. When I walked up to Candy, I was like, "Candy, I need to talk to you." Say like, what? And I was like, "I was just in the bathroom," and man, I look over and. Kyle is staring at me as I'm taking a piss. And I was like, no, like staring at my junk. And she's like, what? And I was like, I got a picture of it. <laughs> I pulled this picture up and it's your flyer with your, mm-hmm. your blonde tip, spiked hair, staring up, look, gazing. I would say gazing <laughs> at me as I'm taking a piss. And, uh, did a shot Intently focused on you. Yeah. And I, and I, what was funny is like how much she believed me. I wonder if this is something that's happened in the past. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's questionable behavior I've exhibited at times, I suppose. I uh, yeah. In yeah. Sometimes. Well, no, not generally in bathrooms. Just usually it's in public. That's more the worry. So she was probably like, well, the bathroom's fine. He's not going to catch a charge <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
Yeah. So I guess that started something, huh? What is and so it was my promotional material, a picture of my face on the bathroom floor. I saw it there and I was like, well, I'm not touching it. And it is kind of funny. Um, and actually, what a better place to advertise to really sink your image into people's head. I mean, most than, people pay for their ad to be in front of you in front of urinals while you're taking a piss, you know? The yeah. Was the better who's that ass that's how it does feel <laughs> do you guys ever get that you see your promotional you're like you i handed out some flyers today and then you just see them discarded crumpled up in the in the trash or on somebody's table where they ate their dinner and they're just like oh fuck this guy yeah. well you know it's kind of along the same vein as finding like your t-shirts at the goodwill oh, i love that yes <gasps> happened. yeah <laughs> wow really yeah, or, or uh, what kind of shape was it in? You know, let's pull this up right now. Let's see what Captain and Maybell has on eBay. Continue talking. <laughs> I didn't know that even a thing. And and he told me uh, a couple months ago, do you know that they have stuff of, of ours on eBay? Well, how much is okay. it? I mean, yeah. is it? Okay. Yes. A dollar? Right Hopefully now. In a dollar office. Oh, right now. Uh huh. We have the Captain and Maybell's famous sideshow signed T-shirt, a men's large Ripley's AGT oh. for twenty two ninety nine plus nine dollars shipping. Nine dollars shipping? Whoa! Yeah, that's a lot. He's, that's where he's making his money, ain't he? That's it. Because yeah. it? it's only like five bucks to ship that or something, eh? It yeah, is, Mister Croc. He was born in nineteen seventy eight. <laughs> Croc nineteen seventy eight. Yes, my age. That's it. That means we could kick his ass. Yeah, basically he took he was so he's the eBay guy, but you know it doesn't it help your product really. Still, it still helps your. Oh yeah, no, I, I love reach. it up there. No, I love it. If you don't want it, pass it along. Oh, it's autographed too. By what if it was bootlegged? Was bootlegged autographed? How would no, you? No, you can't it? bootleg that ugly signature. I do. Nope. No, no, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's his real signature. Yeah, that's my real signature. <laughs> it's pretty unique, huh? <laughs> now I'm gonna try. You have to yeah. find it. I don't have anything you've autographed for me. I feel like I'm missing out, man. I've got plenty of your merch and and stickers of yours around. I've never thought to get you to sign it, and so I could sell it on eBay. You know, that's what that's that's what it's bona fide. I, I feel mm-hmm. that way about a lot of times when we meet people or we're hanging out. We don't want to be that person. I do that often. You know, it's like, man, I got this book, and you know, the, even the person. Uh, uh, Tim Crinlan, the uh, torture king. He was staying at our house and we had his book and we were nervous to even, you know, he's eating our food and hanging out at our house for over a week. And, you know, we felt weird as asking him to sign his own book. He's staying in the guest room where we have his book. Circus. Uh Did you put it in there kind of on purpose? Was it one of them setups too? On the nightstand. (laughs) In case you want to read about yourself. Yeah, in case you wanted to sign this, I mean, it's just some, I don't know. There's a pen next right. to it. He did. He did. We've got did. we've got a quill and fresh ink, in an inkwell, <laughs> just I sitting do, there. I do keep interactive things in the nightstand, you know, like like puzzle books and 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 mind like brain teasers and stuff like that. But I took mm. it, put it on top of the nightstand, and had hopes. All right, he's eating spaghetti. He's doing his laundry here. Maybe he'll sign the book. No, uh-huh. he didn't. I ask him, like, hey. Well, he was scared that you were going to put it on eBay. You guys um, were probably I- <laughs> salivating over your own merch being sold on it in front of him. So what we're saying is, if you see a forged copy of his signature on, uh, <laughs> on, on the eBay, eBay. <laughs> yeah. if that's coming from a Georgia residence, then we know. That's Come it. On. 
Yeah. Well, and he was he was a person in in our sideshow community um, mm-hmm. that that we had looked up to for many 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 years. Um, you know, he was with Jim Rose back in the Lollapalooza days, and so um, over the course of time, you know, he went his own way, and and I just had a lot of respect for him. I liked to see the evolution of his show, and then we started seeing him when he started performing again live and so yeah it was a thing when he was coming through and and before pandemic i um i would personally produce shows here in atlanta um at different venues and sometimes they would include bands sometimes it would just be strictly variety performers and we had uh back in what was it 2014 15 um a year-long run at a comedy club here in atlanta called laughing skull lounge and so we did one production a month um, so we had 12 consecutive events and I brought him on for one of those events. And mm-hmm. it was a really cool experience to have him here and to learn about him, not just as a performer that we had respected, but who he is as a person, kind of what makes him tick. Mm-hmm. And so very, very, very fortunate and grateful to have, you know, that opportunity for sure. And he's a part of, he's a part of sideshow history then. I'm yeah, guessing. Huge. Big one. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, Putting on that show, how was that? You did a full year. That must have been an awesome collection of people as well. Not just, I mean, if if you're able to get someone this piece of history like that on, I'm guessing you also got a wide breadth. Yeah, we got a lot of people, but what it also did is it uh, forced us to make a brand new show every month. Mm -hmm. So we had to constantly write and create. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we built up a lot of material over time just to, you know, it, it forced us to brainstorm. And I think it really took us to a next level just by doing this show. Yeah, definitely. As far as, you know, and we've kind of alluded to that earlier, is each stunt that we do, we may do the same stunt, but it, how we deliver it, we might have five or six different ways of, of how we sell it to the audience. And actually during our downtime now, before we, you know, kick off the next season in Minneapolis, um, we've been looking at, and pulling out some old show notes like oh we should bring that back or what about this oh we haven't done that in five years like, no, we're trying to rewrite the show and uh, you right. know, make it fresh for the people who were there this past year and, i've uh, seen guys do the blockhead and find they each one knowing that they're all going to do it they mm-hmm. find a different way to present that though yes. no, that's it and then, of course <laughs> we, we get bored as well yeah. you know if you're just doing you know, we do shows all the time. We're constantly writing and creating and changing, you know, that during the year, things will evolve over time just because we naturally something happens and we find it funny and we keep it in the show right. or something that used to pop. For some reason, it's just not popping anymore. You know, our energy <clears throat> isn't behind it the way it used to be. And so uh, at that point, we uh, just do uh, audiences change uh oh yeah definitely uh you know the from flint michigan to uh, new orleans obviously is going to be a completely different crowd and what they're into some are into like flint was a great example flint was a show that they didn't want to hear a lot of explaining and build up and talk they wanted they wanted to the chart top and hits they wanted the high energy <laughs> they wanted the rock and roll side show you know they wanted more right. stuff more music and things like that when we went there and so that friday after we realized man you know usually what we do it didn't have that pop that we thought we went back to the hotel that night and we he came up with a new playlist which is music that we've used in the past and he said all right tomorrow we're doing it this way and the entire show just for that that convention yep and then saturday we rolled it out with more music less talk and it just and it crushed it It yeah yeah 
So it's just funny. You have so to that's why you were so excited Saturday night. You were riding on a crowd high. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, there's not a better high in the world, honestly, than, you know, being faced with a challenge on stage and uh, accomplishing it because, you know, there's there's not a harder feeling in the world than get up there and put your heart and your entertainment up there for a crowd and it just doesn't scrutinize yeah it doesn't connect with them you know um but uh so then you are able to win them over and uh you know and every city is so different every cult you know there's so many cultures in the u.s alone so as you're traveling you know what they're exposed to you go to new york man they they eat up you know the uh comedy aspect of it and Mm -hmm. stuff but they have a lot of entertainment there yeah Um, I'll say this out of the you know the tour that we did this last year how many i don't know you counted up states that we did right we did uh 22 states and 29 major cities cool. and out of those the surprise i was surprised when we came to it we looked back at it raleigh north carolina was probably the funnest most engaging interactive audience that we had throughout the whole year mm-hmm. we've had some really good ones but raleigh just i mean i don't even know what it's it like was. Ever just do you guys take it. notes after the show then is that or always. it's just yeah. do you guys know you do always this yeah, is a science actually, it, it is it is a science i think it's a formula you know what mm-hmm. hits in certain cities so that's actually a really good question kyle is mabel is the is, numbers person yeah. she loves mm-hmm. numbers well fact, she used to be a manager in her former yeah. life. Yes, and uh, numbers, I will crunch numbers. Here are some numbers that uh, we just uh, come up with. This show, um, our next show, we have one more show this year, and it's going to be a, exactly. a charity event. It's on mm-hmm. August this coming Saturday, yep, and it's, it's, a, it's a fundraiser for yep. um, the Atlanta Humane Society and, and additional. And uh, the St. Jude's. St. Jude's. And it's oh, the wow. 105th show of the year. Um, going into that show, I will have swallowed 1,315 swords that Good equals 2,630 feet or 31,560 <laughs> inches of cold stainless steel. Now, are you that- figuring this in practice times as well or not? Is no, this- no, oh, these this- are only on stage. Um, this show, mm-hmm. that number, when we do that show, we will surpass a half a mile of steel. We have traveled to 22 states, uh, 29 major cities. Oh, my God. So and, and also, we uh, let me throw a little fact that we didn't go over. I should have gone over. You you hold a world record for the number of swords in your throat well, at the same time. Am, well, I, cur- am I right? Not necessarily the number of swords, the number of um, I hold currently the weighted sword swallowing, the human scale thing that you see at the end. I hold it. OK. Uh, but also, it has been over time for the longest sword, um, the most swords swallowed and twisted inside of the body, and then the most. But you do a disgusting. Every time, I'm worried. It doesn't matter how many. I've seen you with thirteen. I don't know if I've seen thirteen. You don't do that that often, right? I mean, you've twist. You twist the fucking I twist thing seven like every single show. Every single show, I'll swallow seven and twist it 180 degrees once it's inside of me. And then uh, do the uh, flambers sword or the wavy, uh, the wavy sword, basically. And then mm-hmm. uh, the do you the, twist the, that the, one too? gravity drop. Um, I can twist that one. I don't do it in our show, but I can twist it. No problem. Oh. Uh, but we, we twist. I don't do it. to that. Is there any health it. benefits to it? Um, no. Can not, you lead a religion? 
Can you um, possibly cult? Possibly, you no know, sword swallowing. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right with you know everybody running around half naked and stuff in a cult, but I'm really not into killing yourself or drinking Kool Aid. It's not my thing. Right, right. So not my thing. <laughs> You're gonna need medical staff around, no? Absolutely, but uh, yeah, and uh, so we did the uh, underwater sword swallow. That was done at uh, the Ripley's in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, the Ripley's Aquarium. What? So we jumped into their tank, and uh, I was not aware. You can yeah, see some yeah. fishy ass tank, and somehow you. You have to be holding your breath or something. Um, I go in with a, yeah, basically with like a hookah line hose and mm-hmm. I'm able to breathe with it when I'm ready. I had my safety there. Basically, he pulled the uh, the uh, respirator out of me and I swallowed five swords as soon as I was done. He had it handed back to me. Five. Uh, five, yeah. So we're about to do seven. We're ready to break it. And in. when I say five, are you taking one in and it comes out, one in and it comes out five times? Nope, I take five and five all at once and five all out at once. You well, you do them, you don't do them one at a time either. You put them all together yeah, all okay. at once. Yeah. Right on. If you could hold your breath longer, would you have done more? Um, I could do more. I only, you don't break a uh, you don't break it by uh, the most amount that you can because you uh-huh. want somebody to break it so you can get a world record again later. A world record oh. is only if you make it a marketing event. You're putting your I life got on you. It. So yeah, you know. And a lot of times we use it to uh, help with charity events or things like that. Uh, we're going to do the next underwater one. We're going to do it. Uh, sh- we're going to be working with H2 Ocean and mm-hmm. uh, you know Cook as well. And we're going to go to the Bahamas and we're going to do it in the ocean with a bunch of sharks. And uh, we're going to do that and uh, <laughs> set the world record again. So it's, we'll do seven or eight then. Right on. You goofball. H two Ocean, big name. They're they're helping you, and obviously they're going to make it a marketing event as well. This is something they want. Absolutely. Wow. Which what's grosser, the fish water or the (laughs) uh, the ocean water? Um, I mean, it's all full of poop, right? One's at least filtered. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I drink Fireball sometimes. That's pretty bad. Well, I'm, I'm more worried about your than swallowing the steel. I'm more worried about the microorganisms <laughs> getting yeah. in well uh, that is a fact uh, the bahamas it's a little cleaner we may be a little better in the bahamas than you're gonna the you're gonna have poop you're gonna get well, that salt know. water in there and you're gonna poop brother well i mean that's true i think this, the ocean would be dirtier yeah than the aquarium yeah i don't know i don't know <laughs> i'm sure it cleans it cleans this shit out. Well, I mean, uh, the ocean's pretty self-cleaning in itself. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I told you. I'll I party. think that salt water is going to get in. Yeah, you party. I'll party. I mean, when I've, when I've surfed, I don't hate them. I'm just, I, I, I you know getting salt water, it makes you, you know, yeah, makes you have to poo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've thought this through, I see. You always think you're, you've thought this through. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? If I thought it through, would I really be swallowing swords? <laughs> yes. That's that's my <laughs> other Where it was something made you want to, both of you have had some kind of <laughs> relationship with performing at some point in your life that you're like, that's what I would like. I mean, I I don't hate performing. Um, I have nothing to perform, but I used to love watching the pastor somewhat. Just thinking oh, I should be up there telling those people to give me their money. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and you know, um, I did 
come from a religious background. I had a great grandfather who was a Baptist minister and a grandfather who was a Baptist minister. So I witnessed a lot mm -hmm. of that. But I was lively style. With, uh, Baptist I was fascinated is a with circus and sideshow as a child. I mean, it, it went way back. And uh, I knew that I was going to be some form of entertainer. Um, and as a child, I was always the entertainer. I always would, you know, tell jokes and get up and sing and, you know, uh, at Christmas time or whatever, just, you know, singing Guns N' Roses at my uh, Baptist grandfather's house while they're watching, you know, trying to entertain everybody. So they, you, know, what, you guys always, did like entertainment circle or something like we'd like we'd see in a Eddie Murphy's raw or something like. No, no, it was just me. <laughs> it was just me. Yeah. I would say, like yeah. someone pay attention to me, please. How many, yeah, uh, how yeah, many brothers and it. sisters you got brother? I got one brother. Um, I do have two stepsisters, but they didn't come into my life until very late. So, but very close to them. But yeah, growing up, it was just me and my brother. What What's your brother do for a living? Um, he works, uh, accountant. With... tell me he's an accountant. <laughs> well, he stays in trouble a lot, but he basically does, uh, um, I don't know, work somewhere, housework or something. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. talk to him a lot. I see. Uh, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm I talk sorry. to my mom a lot. He lives with my mom <laughs> and uh, me and my mom are very, very, very close, but, yeah. uh, yeah, um, unfortunately, um, me and him are not very close. We have uh, uh, a lot opposite. of, yeah, we're complete opposite personalities that uh, just clashes. So. Oh, that does suck, man. I'm sorry. And now, now I'm the dick, really. <laughs> no, That's no, what well, sucks well, that the most mean, about that. <laughs> no, no, it, honestly, it's it's nothing major and it's not anything just, hidden or anything. Um, honestly, uh, I'm imagining somebody who's singing Guns N' Roses to at their Baptist Christian family that he needs to compete somewhere. Yeah, he was so, more yeah. into hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm rock and roll. He's hip hop. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> right on. Well, bless your soul and your rock and roll. Yes. And That's Elaine, it. yourself, how did you, Elaine, you get the uh, idea? Elaine. Elaine uh, uh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm, doing okay. it. I'm sorry, you're not on a on a Seinfeld episode. It's that's okay. It. That's it, Maybell. Yeah, I Maybell's the best. That's what I stick with usually. Uh, Candy only. Candy start was talking about you as being Elena, and um, she was referencing. And I'm like, I don't even know who you're talking about. It, it went on for some time because I also was sometimes just, you know, like, yeah, yeah, and just figured that it's me not knowing things. So eventually, it becomes clear. <laughs> And there were there were too many conversations passed until eventually I was like, who's Elena? Yeah, but I, actually, I don't, my parent, my own parents don't call me by my my given name anymore. They call me Maybell. Also, yeah. Once I once I started calling her Maybell, it just kind of evolved that way, and I call her that all the time. So everybody else just kind of yeah. jumped in, and uh, now she basically knows that if uh, you're saying Elena, that you're probably a bill collector. Bill collector. Or, you know, so candy turned me into a bill collector and all this yeah. <laughs> and a poor one too when i get it wrong i'm just she gotta know my brain don't work like that. all right um, um well, th th thankfully that she's there for me to blame for my many social uh oh, faux pas but yourself you, when when did it um, occur that you're like i like this this is something did you see it as a child at all so interest to an extent um I, I, I knew I wanted to be on TV um, when I was a little, little, but mm -hmm. more in the sense of I 
watched a lot of talk shows when I was a kid. I grew up in a, in a uh, Pentecostal household, so very religious as well. Mm-hmm. And um, not allowed to watch a lot of TV uh, except for news um, and the Oprah Winfrey show. That, that's what my mom let us watch. So I grew up <laughs> watching a lot of news, like as weird as that sounds, but like you had, you know, it, and, and early on, you know, you had your morning news and you had your lunchtime news and you had your five and six o'clock news and then your dateline at night. And uh-huh. I wanted to go into broadcast journalism. Okay. 2022. Do you watching that? Um, it don't matter. Yeah, no, I watch, I do okay. watch a lot of true crime, a lot of um, news stories and stuff like that, but yeah, not news anymore. I actually despise news or talk radio. Yeah. So interesting. Be- is that artistic. because of how you, you were interested in journalism, uh, you followed that pursuit? Yes. Well, it- to, to an extent I did. Um, I wanted to do that all through high school. I was, you know, very active on the yearbook stuff and stuff like that. And then I, I went to, um, applied to, and I got accepted to Oglethorpe University, who had an extensive, um, really <laughs> um, journalism program. Mm-hmm. And then I got knocked up. <laughs> and so <laughs> it, my, that derailed my college, um, my college dreams really and truly, but I always liked talking in front of people. I always felt good, like sharing things with them and sharing stories and sharing news with them and being the first one to tell them about something exciting and um I just didn't know how it was going to go and I was very sad and you know happy to to be a mom but um like how is this going to affect me later on and, and what I want to do and having mm-hmm. a child early on that's kind of what pushed me into the retail career um that I got involved in but even in doing retail I started traveling more and like I said training and opening store so i was really trying i was kind of had like a leadership quality to an extent yeah which is almost a performance too right i mean you're showing really up is. a new person in a in in a management group setting it, 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 and being adaptable to your the people that you're training being adaptable to not just one person but sometimes 20 and 30 people or being able to lead a whole process of setting up a store and opening a store and delegating and talking about travel and hotels and this and this and this and and so that's kind of where I was at. And, and when Chris and I got together, you know, he was doing the piercing thing and I was doing this and traveling. And then we had, you know, our, our second daughter. And and after she was born, um, he picked up the sword again because we had put it down um, for a couple of years as far as after he taught himself, you know, how to swallow swords. And we had like the blockhead act and a couple of other things. We had some life changes, you know, happening and, and we bought a house and you know, we tried really uh, hard to get pregnant with our second daughter and, and went through some challenges there. And once we had her and got settled, it was like, okay, everything's good. Let's go ahead and give this another shot. And and so I um I left my retail job and I went to college and I got my degree in marketing. Um, and so that was kind of the next step for us as far as, as career-wise what can I do now to apply skills that I've gained and make it beneficial for, for this path that we're taking? Um, so yeah, I, I always wanted to be in front of people and, and share my passion for whatever it was at the time or excitement. And, and I love that. And I'm, I'm very thankful that I was able to step back from working, you know, a nine to five or job, so to speak, sometimes mm-hmm. it was more than or, or whatnot. Um, and 40 hours plus a week to step back and, and go 
to college, get a degree that was really helpful to us and still support him working at the tattoo shop. And really once we got all those ducks in a row, it was all right, you know, and, and throughout that time, because our first public sideshow was Halloween 2008. Together. Together, yeah. And then and then it just kind of picked up after that. And, and you know, before we'd even done America's Got Talent or anything, Chris had um, a show at Six Flags over Georgia, which we live, what, 20 minutes away maybe yeah, from 15. Six Flags, 15, 20 minutes away. So he would do that during Fright Fest. And so that really kind of gave him that skill set of all right doing repetitious acts and whatnot and interacting with crowds and being adaptable and whatnot and then it was just a matter it was really a, a formula of plugging everything in that we had learned across the board as far as like this is what it takes to be goal oriented and to achieve certain things and was it was the uh college education a part of that too at any point do what what did you study there uh, marketing. Um, so it, it was across okay. the board from public speaking to analyzing. Um, analytics was one of my favorite things. Statistics was one of my favorite things. So it oh, you're boring. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. But I'm smart. Is it smart? So that's why I have to sell it's it. It's awesome. I got to sell it because it is boring. boring it's not stuff. true. I uh, One of my favorite podcasts actually is Freakonomics, which is just data statisticians and okay. their geeky pursuit of uh, knowledge from studying oh. those data sets. If you, if you haven't listened to it, it is honestly awesome. It is. I'm going to make a note of it right now. I would love to, that sounds like right up my alley. So. Oh, it, it's freakonomics. Awesome. It's, it's so good. They, like they're so devoid of political um, bias that okay. it's this hugely refreshing thing, despite the things they might be talking about may have excite both sides once they, they, made some points about abortion and uh and they got more death threats from liberal people than they wow. did from um from the right wing people they were they were surprised because it it seemingly implied that killing kids made society a better place well i gotta uh, go down that rabbit hole <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a rabbit hole <laughs> maybe i don't know I and mean, we used to sacrifice them to the volcano or something right let me maybe could it be better if we didn't have a few of them? Could we tell that early? That's the real. Anybody question. be really proven there's not a volcano god? Hmm. I mean, nobody's <laughs> proven huh? that, that it's real, but you got to sacrifice for the volcano gods. There's nobody's... no book written. That's it, yeah. right? There's yeah. because he they wrote it on papyrus or whatever, and that shit didn't <laughs> last, man. If they would have carved it in the stone, we'd have a better idea. Absolutely. Fuck these volcano gods. They didn't have good forethought. Yeah, they stuff rots away. It's like good 10 years. You can't fucking archive on shit. It's like where we're going now with all the data archiving that we have. Archaeologists are going to be lost until they figure out ways to decipher any of the magnetisms left of these things. Yep. Oh well. I'm able to plug them in. No. Can't plug it in if there's no plug, right? No drive. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. We're not going to have paper anymore. So what are we going to do? You know, we're not going to know. <laughs> Sorry, brain work, Kyle. My thumb yeah. um, <laughs> On that happy note about the end of civilization, and uh, I don't know if that's where it was going. In my mind, it was. It was completely the end of civilization. <laughs> I was right there with you. Okay, cool. Right on. End of the world. Um, Where's my sheet cape? Oh, you're, you're what? You're getting a cape My for this? cape. Yeah, you know our cape. I mean, every hotel has a cape. 
Because it's on the bed, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's on the bed. It's a sheet. Well, I tell that story. <laughs> Chris is like, me and Kyle were there. It's you ladies that were holding us back. I said, you mean you us ladies were... that fucking sense into They were, dude. Uh, we were. We were. Huh. I hope that kid made it out without our superhero help. <laughs> It's something we have to live with either way. Uh, no, no, I, I hope too, but the the unknowingness, not knowing, still eats at me. Honestly, I've never thought about it till <laughs> till right yeah. now. Fuck that kid. Yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't know how locks work, come on, man. I'm just right now yeah. saying we need to sacrifice some to a volcano god. You think I'm going to worry about that one? Wow. He's just a future traffic problem. Come on. He's in the light in front of you checking his And Instagram. then remember that we were going to get the brick to let free him from a guy who was walking around assaulting people with a brick. That, dude, <laughs> that, would have been a lot that one would have been a lot more fun. Yeah, if we ever ran into that guy. Getting the brick means we got to save the kid and not win <laughs> It if really we saw it, it another was, couple of people with order. bricks, what, how bad right. that would have been. Absolutely. Man, can you imagine getting clocked in the head with a brick? I, I saw yeah. Friday. You're the guy I'm looking for. We've been looking for you all night. Like the six-fingered man. Because no. it does tell you crazy stuff that's happening around you. And that Philly was the first city that we, we used that happening. What so I, I guess for reference, we need to explain. <laughs> Some uh, of this, this app that, that made us would be superheroes. Some child, what was it? The superhero app? What was it? The it's, vigilante it's app? app? It's the like, it's like app. ways where people report crime and stuff. You know, it's the people who report it, and you can do live videos and stuff. And so, any city you go to, like, it's I can, a Karen message board, is what you're saying, right? It's a Karen it. message board for Kyle's. Yeah, and, yeah it's, uh, it's real time crime reporting, and but you can yeah go live from different spots. Like if you're if you see a car accident happen, then you can go live and say, "Hey, I'm actually right here at this car accident. Traffic's backing up." So that's how normal people would use. Like it, right I now, uh, this morning <laughs> at uh, ten fifteen a.m., uh, a triple shooting in Bankhead. All victims in critical condition: two men and one woman were shot. And that oh, is. Shit. Oh, Chris, I'm not suiting up with the sheet on that one. You know, a hit run collision, vehicle collisions, vehicle burglar rise, you know, all right. kinds of things around you. So, you know, if shit's going well, down near you, you get an alert saying, hey, look out for the crazy guy with the brick. Yeah. You know, or in big cities or wherever, it's kind of like, you know, you, you guys know we get out of conventions late, 11 o'clock at night. Do I want to Uber somewhere to eat? Do I want to walk somewhere to eat? Oh, shit. There's a guy walking around with a brick. Maybe we we may have had a couple of drinks while we were out there. And yeah. uh, we saw that there was a guy assaulting people with a brick. And then the next one that came through was a child was trapped in a car and they couldn't get him out. And so me and Kyle were grabbing the sheets off the bed to make superhero capes. And we were going to go s- s- take this brick oh. away from this guy so that he could Just harm so- anybody, use the yeah. brick. To do to save the child, we were going to be on the front page of the paper. Great marketing mm-hmm. would have been great for our careers. Uh, would have been it all was a over. twofer. Have been Pony Boy saving the children for the burning church, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. the lady said that it wasn't a good idea. Not a good idea, guys. I mean, good. I didn't think it, thought, but mm, maybe not. And don't you think that the person that was with the kid that was trapped in the car that reported it to Citizen? would have it would have been fine because the kid had somebody well, with maybe him. it was the baby the baby couldn't report but i know there was, there was the somebody... baby <laughs> the baby couldn't unlock the door itself so they needed a brick <laughs> the cops <were> <laughs> see, see, kyle this is this is why we will never be superheroes 
<laughs> we go because we got people holding us back. You're talking sensibly. They're just oh well. Don't you think? Don't you think? Well, don't you think? That, yeah. Well, don't you think they may so just be? Don't an you idiot? think? Never saved anybody's life. Okay, so right. <laughs> and if it did, I didn't read about it. Nope, nope. It definitely didn't make the front page of the paper. Don't you think? Uh-huh. Never- Life. That's a new t-shirt. Yeah. That is a t-shirt phrase. <laughs> well, <laughs> hashtag that one, or I don't know how do we mark it down. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I have been thinking a lot of stupid t-shirts lately, as stupid as I can. Just like I think maybe people are ready for stupid t-shirts again, or maybe it never went out of style. But that's Wait, definitely that, one. At that retail store that I worked at for so many years, um, that was one of the best sellers of of clothing. Was we called them Burbage shirts. And it was mm-hmm. just that black T-shirt that had words on it and highest seller. So I think it's time for a comeback for those things. Just right. any friend, it could Something with plenty of, of inferences. Uh, yesterday I saw somebody with a sticker that I, I kind of loved. And, and I was wondering what the thought might be and if it was even missed by the person who had it. I didn't know. But I know there's this... Um, this uh fetishization in our country with guns of sorts and uh i'm not concerned so much myself but i know it's also a political standpoint because i also see that many of the people that have any guns and need to advertise it to me and i saw what would normally be considered to me as one of their their normal advertisements with a vinyl sticker on a car but i didn't know if there was a further context to it because it was like an ak and then it had a little kitten hugging it, and it was really cute. But that's not something that you <laughs> wouldn't see on somebody who really likes AKs and wants you to know that they have one. That's necessary. However, the kitten, I cannot overlook that it is a pussy. That's and it. It's hugging a gun. So is this also possibly a political stance that the original creator of this was trying to say, hey, you're a pussy that you want this gun? Or is it possibly missed completely? And it's just, I don't know. It's I, that's it's, the uh, thing I have uh, been thinking uh, about in my, in my lack of sleep. Uh, the reason they have the gun is to protect their kitten. Oh, that's a that hard. could, yes, it could I be a cat that. lover who is saying, I love cats so I much. I anything to protect my cat. Yes, <laughs> it has come to this. I'm the trailer park cat lady, and it has come to this. Don't you fucking tie really my cat's tails together. No, I'm saying you're selling to both sides. You could. It just it's up yeah. for interpretation. Well, one yes. side of the uh, political point could uh, buy that sticker for one reason and the other for a completely different reason. Right. And then grandma in the trailer park, the cat lady could buy it for the complete purpose that I didn't even consider that one. You know, my pondering is going to just go in depth now more. Oh, <laughs> many, how could this affect many people's lives? What would it mean if the Pope were having this so on his Pope mobile? sticker of the kitten hugging the AK-47, if you could, drop us a line and let us yeah. know what you're thinking. <laughs> Or if you are the person with that sticker on your vehicle, did you recognize the possible political ramifications that it also means? Or did you just buy it because you, too, want a lovely, cute gun or something? I don't know. I I, this, I love cat people. I think that's what I want to do in my tattooing career. I think I've I just wanted because cat people are always unique. Um, they always have more than one. That's the other part. I like and, and and you can they, they want to talk about their cats and all. And I could just tattoo so many of them. 
you know, they have 1830 cats. It's like this is three to six hundred dollars each one. Okay. I have a cat. I have a cat. It doesn't do its job. Uh, I don't know. I like my cat. It's cool. I like those hairless cats. They're usually really cool, too. And other people's cats are other people's cats. I don't have a lot of um, mostly apathy, I guess. For your cat, some th this is like as a dog owner my whole life, I've always noted the disparate the this like your cat goes out at night and it wrecks the wildlife, and that's fine. Um, it gets in my garbage, and I have to permit that. But when my dog runs after your cat, when it gets loose, when it's normally contained, you feel that I am some kind of terrible person, yet your cat started on my property even if it went to somebody else's oh that's 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 been a no. bit of my argument so my answer to it is to just become a cat owner who sometimes lets his cat out at night to uh <laughs> to destroy the wildlife but my cat is also it doesn't have claws on its front we rescued it from the thing so i'm like how much wildlife does it really kill it's only going to get mice it's not going to get the birds you know that's right. the important ones Grandma liked the birds. That's so sweet. sweet cat. Our daughter wants a cat. <laughs> we said no, so no cats. Oh, I, I would never get a cat with a the declawed though. I think like uh I, I feel bad for it. Yeah. How yeah. I, I see why. Maybe that's it, why they gave their cat an AK forty seven. They declawed it. There uh, you this is that. I see probably what I need to do. No, I couldn't do that. <laughs> my no. cat and my dog fight all the time. She would definitely shoot it. Definitely. <laughs> I have no question in my mind. If my cat was armed up, there would be a lot of changes in the household. <laughs> the hierarchy would shift quickly. Like, are you going to have to run out of bullets so that we can talk? I love it. Um, but according to my wife and our upcoming eye appointment, I have officially stayed too long. And now that I know I'm talking about cats, with my dear friends, Captain and Mabel, I also know that I've said too much. <laughs> hey, I love you guys. Let's let's tag up some shit. Where where do we find follow? Love you guys. Where where do we buy your shit off of eBay? And what is your Patreon? Patreon. <laughs> um, you can find us at captainandmaybell.com. Um, Facebook.com. Forward slash Captain and Maybell. Uh, we are both on Instagram. I am at Captain underscore Steel underscore. Back when I thought underscores was a good idea, and Maybell is at Mrs. Maybell. And our YouTube channel. No underscores. No underscores. Solid Mrs. Maybell. M R S M A Y B E L L E. And our YouTube channel, where you can find that video of him swallowing swords underwater, and others including our clips from AGT and uh, a lot of work we've done with Ripley's Believe It or Not, is StabTuggo1, S-T-A-B-T-U-G-G-O-1. Yep, and then, of course, we're going to be all over the country this year. We're hitting just about every single villain art show. I know we're doing Detroit. I know we're doing the Andy Tattoo Expo. We are doing both the Pipers, which is D.C. and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Um, Keystone. Keystone. Um, so we're going to be all over the country this year. I think we're so getting... stopping and see you at one of the yeah, many so villain art statue show shows, and, uh, or the know, DC uh, show. Any Greg of those, Piper. we will mm -hmm. have Mr. Uh, 
Mr. Kyle Dunbar in tow, uh, hanging out as well. And who knows, you may can uh, help us save children locked in cars. <laughs> well, it depends on what our wives let us get into, but absolutely, you're not kidding. We uh, we look forward to hanging out with you guys. Do make it to the shows, right? And But for my own edification, one more time on the YouTube channel. I want to watch this and set it on repeat and watch all the commercials all the way through. And everybody at home, please do the same. Because I'm told that's how you get money off that shit. Yes, monetization. <laughs> but it's Stabo, Stab Tuggo? Stab Tuggo. I used to go by Captain Stab Tuggo many years ago. It was a name that an old uh, sideshow performer gave me. Um, and it migrated into Steel, uh, Captain Steel, just using my last name. But Stab Tuggo, S-T-A-B-T-U-G-G-O, and then the number one, Stab Tuggo 1. That is a stab tuggo. Why, why did you? Uh, what, what was the? Oh, I can't get into it. We're gonna have to do a second one. Love you guys, and I can't wait Love to see you. you again. We'll talk Bye. to you soon. Bye.